Time management, what'd kid. What'd you eat today? I had chicken sausage with green peppers, onions, and hearts of palm pasta. Uh, so what? Hearts Never. of palm pasta. What is that made out of? Obviously not wheat, it, I'm assuming. Yeah, so Google hearts of palm. It's literally, that's like, that's a vegetable, hearts of palm, I guess. And they just shred it to be the like shape of spaghetti. So it's kind of like zoodles, like same type of thing as zoodles. But it's uh, made of hearts of palm. Looks like a banana. Yeah, but, but like when it's shredded, like if you search hearts of palm pasta, it kind of looks like spaghetti a little bit. Well, they do that all the time. Like we get the pasta we is like made up of cauliflower and lentil and yeah, I, I've been getting red lentil pasta. But this it doesn't have any pasta; it's just the vegetable. So like it's mushy before you cook it. It's like zoodles. Oh, really? it's like zoodles. So you're, yeah, not, it's you're, like not, zoodles. you're not boiling it up or anything. No, no. Uh, you just like saute okay. it like you would zoodles. It's okay. Gotcha. It's not bad. So I did that, and I finished um, the interview at six fifty eight as I was finishing dinner. <laughs> Had just enough time. Thoughts? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Do I feel bad for talking so much shit about Scott? I actually liked him a lot. <laughs> he was way less douchey than I thought uh, he was going to be. Um, that's incredible. He was a good storyteller. He like did not go on there and try and boast and brag and all that. I, I don't believe him that his book is like a bestseller. No fucking chance. Dude, there's Maybe always publicist told him that. I feel like every book's a New York Times bestseller. Like literally but, every book you see is like a bestseller. So I don't I don't believe any of that. Yeah. But yeah. But I but, think... I, I but I thought the interview was very good. It was very good. I was happy with it. You guys did a great job. And um Scott was entertaining. I want to hang out with him. I want to get a beer with him and hear more stories. <laughs> Jesus. Wow, look at the 180. Total, total 180. Total oh 180. My God. And he and I realized all the time, when's he gonna hang up? When's he gonna hang up? And I saw that he like lost power. Uh, I was like, wait, is that really him hanging up? So glad to see he joined it back on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we had you teased there for a little bit. I thought you guys were just being assholes when he hung up on you. So that's what I was waiting for. I was like, these are not <laughs> tough questions. No, no. That yeah, was interesting. There was an article written about him, though. Yeah, dude. Adam found that at the last second and sent it to me. <laughs> And I was like feverishly reading it and we went back and forth and we were like, all right, this is when we'll bring it up. This is what we'll talk about. I think that ended up being like the focus of the interview for something I found less than an hour before the interview. Um, so we, we made do with that. No, it was good. The, I'd say like it was that one didn't take too long. He, probably the longest part was him telling the story about Jordan, but it was interesting. I thought it was terrible at telling that story. I was following. I was cooking dinner as I was listening, but I was following it. I think he needs oh, to rehearse good. telling that story to make it a little more concise. There's no chance he hasn't rehearsed it. He wrote a book he, about well, it. He needs to rehearse it more then, because it's it's there's too many outrageous details in there, and he could yeah, it, it, it did take a while for it to get out. Yeah, but yeah, I think Ty and I said the same thing last time. I, we were we were pleasantly surprised with. Um, how, how he was in the interview. So makes me want yeah. to write a book and just go do podcast interviews. I mean, anyone can I, write a book. Yeah. I, I, uh, like, I don't think, I think it was, you know, a good interview and we did a good job, but, and I will say, I find it hard to believe that he got an interview like that anywhere else. I didn't listen to the other one that he posted on his Instagram. Neither did I, but I mean, uh, there's no chance that like people, like brought up 
the Princeton stuff and the article written about him. And I mean, all they would have way. to do is Google him. I'm guessing that's how Adam found it, right? That's he literally did. how I found it. <laughs> So I'm sure they Googled him too. <laughs> I found an op-ed from Princeton and that led me to the New York Post article. And I was like, gold mine, finally. Did, like didn't something. you tell me, Adam, that you had listened to another one of the, uh, another one of the interviews? I did. And it was yeah, just super I, boring? It, it wasn't Not that anything. ours wasn't boring, but. No, I mean, it was, it just wasn't like, they didn't bring up the New York Post article. He talked, the guy talked about Princeton, but it was more geared towards like what um, he Scott wrote about wanted to book. talk about. Yeah. Yeah, and less about, you know, the New York Post and his reaction to that, which I thought was a nice change of pace. So, like, I'm sure the the regular questions he's asked for other interviews he's done. Good. I want to know what his dad does. His homie's definitely rich. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Definitely. I'm not sure that's an appropriate interview question, but. How much does your dad make before taxes? So, uh, we got a... We got some good stuff today, um, and we're going to have a, a new segment to the podcast. And as <sighs> listeners are aware by now, segments only last usually three episodes max, and then uh, they fade away into the abyss. But um, do we have Stay Woke today? Absolutely. That's not fading wow. away anytime soon. I'm keeping up a- with Stay Woke. All right. Um, well, the I think the nice main try. theme of of uh what we talked about or not one of you know it was one of the main themes was the aoc story did you guys see what was trending last week i can't, i keep forgetting what we talk about on the podcast and what we just talk about in our group text did we talk it- about the <laughs> aoc thing last week well yeah we discussed her experience with the capital riots and, and uh, is it related to that time and how she was making it all by herself and then how the story there was you know reports that came out that said like yeah. she actually wasn't anywhere near yeah it. yeah so okay so we did t- we knew that she wasn't really there yeah. when we talked yeah. about it last week. she was a good 30 minute walk away from the incident um, so the uh hashtag on twitter last week that was trending was alexandria ocasio smollett <laughs> oh yeah, that's awesome, whatever dude. that guy's name is. Jesse Smollett famously made yeah. up some like that's story so about good. how he got beat up by three white. I MAGA saw guys that. And, yeah, found out to be complete fabrication. So people were roasting her on on Twitter, and we're posting the hashtag. Well, I'm uh I'm looking at an email here uh, from Team AOC, and. She has since been leading an effort to uh, get rid of said hashtag. Uh-oh. Oh, my God. In an effort uh, uh, to report those spreading disinformation, our favorite word. Disinformation, misinformation. I'm fucking sick of it. So (laughs) I'm reading the email here. This is from Team AOC. As we speak. Right-wing operatives with millions of followers on social media are spreading flat-out lies and and misleading information about Alexandria. But with your help, we could force Twitter and Facebook to take action and enforce their own rules. And she goes into a bunch of things. So she, like, highlights, like, a couple things. Is like, hey, here's what you can do to help us with this campaign. She says, one... Scan your social media to find posts with this misleading information, especially those using the trending hashtag. Don't tweet any hashtags yourself because you don't want to spread uh, spread them further. Two, 
identify any posts that are threatening or harassing and use the built-in report features to flag them for your moderators. Facebook and Twitter have built-in rules uh, for reporting that break those rules. So a sitting congressperson is emailing people who sign up for email campaign and asking them to police social media on her behalf. <laughs> is that not Wait, fucking you, insane? Were you guys I mean, you going to react or are you just going to look at me? No, I, I, I thought there was going to be more to the story. I was waiting for you to finish. That's it. She has sent an email out asking everyone who signed up for her email list to help her stop spreading or stop the spread of disinformation about the story that she lied about. So, so what, what is she saying is the disinformation? Them lying? Them lying about her, her lie? lying? Yes. <laughs> so you know that 180 I did on our boy Scott Newsom or Newman, whatever his name is? I did an even bigger 180 on AOC over the last couple of weeks. You've done a she, lot of 180s on this podcast, Mo. Call, call me fucking twisty. That's what I do. <laughs> a- AOC... <laughs> AOC All right, name for today's show: Dusty. Call me Twisty. Is <laughs> is one step below? Oh, Twisty! My eyes these days. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything other than. Twisty. I mean, she, she she's just she was kind of your hero for a bit there, Mo. She, I yeah yeah, I rooted for her. I was a fan. I was a fan, but she's gone too crazy, man. She's yeah, what happened? The, like, she's embraced the wokeness too much. She spends too much time on Twitter. She's embraced the batshit craziness too much. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this is just like weird shit for it's very weird. Congress person to be doing. It's like sending out emails being like, hey, uh, please help me. Like, people are saying mean things about me online, making fun of the fact <laughs> that I completely misled you and told this wildly crazy story to make it sound like I was in, you know, I was nearly murdered by Ted Cruz. Like, give me a fucking break. This is like something you would. Yeah, this is something you would expect from like some kid in like middle school or high school. Yeah, she's I mean, what our age? She's like a little older than us. And also we're seeing another example of of the far left using um, their platform to censor information in general which is again something that we've been talking about for a while that has been like their main goal is to you know cut out anything that they don't like and fill things with fill fill the voids with things they do like so she's just continuing to perpetuate perpetuate that stereotype of the far left which is unsettling but not surprising just the whole situation like not even just the email about like asking for help it's like, lady, you're a congresswoman. Why are you even trying to get attention from this story in the first place? Like, don't you have bigger, important things? She has a brand. About? Dude, she she's in it for numero uno. But yeah, just like it's just like this it's, week it's they silly. have been they have been like story number one. Like all the headlines on mainstream media about the inauguration are, you know, oh, listen to like the sharp and pointed you know, recant of the day at the Capitol by AOC. You know what I mean? I think that one of the other squad members was, you know, crying and, you know, when she was speaking uh, on the floor, 
you know, just saying that she thanks God she didn't die or something to that effect. Like very theatrical. Maybe she really is just like this massive egotistical bitch and just like this whole thing's been about her the whole time. Well, what if it, I mean, maybe it's just to like try to get rid of Trump and get rid of Cruz and get rid of Holly. Like, I think it's more about that. You think like so? she wants. Yeah, she she's trying to wield the power of the mob to say, look, if we put enough pressure on everybody here, we'll get Trump impeached. We're, and then we'll force Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley to resign. Just by sheer... I guess, yeah, I guess that's what pol- she's hoping for. Political and commercial media and corporate pressure. I, I mean, there's no chance that happens. Cruz and No, Hawley but I think that's... Yeah. I, I think if, if, you know, maybe it's not her thinking about her, you know, it's not any less ridiculous, but maybe it's yeah. her just thinking she's doing it for the overall cause of, Hey, it's, you know, Democrats first, which is kind of why like the, the fucking tweet, um, that I saw this in was someone that was like, if you don't still, uh, if you still don't understand that AOC is, is controlled opposition used by the democratic party to rebrand progressives as the new liberals, here's what she's focused on instead of helping people. Explicit. Say that again. So, So true. So she says, if you don't understand that AOC is controlled opposition used by the Democratic Party to rebrand liberals or rebrand, rebrand progressives as the new liberals, this is what she's focused on. So they, they think this is all Nancy using her like a puppet? Yeah, so like, yeah, exactly. Using her like a puppet? Yeah, where like, you know, you, you get the yeah, grassroots movements that get people to, you know, want to vote blue. Right, yeah. it's only one of two choices, and then when it comes, we've seen it when it comes down to like actual, you know, real causes. She doesn't seem to, at least yet, um, you know, have a lot of balls in that arena. So, what I would do to be a fly on the wall in those like private conversations between people like that. I mean, like, she's I, I, an I, incredibly I, smart woman. There's no doubt, but I don't think AOC is that smart. Did she go to school? She went to college, right? I don't know. She had, like I, some random ass like literary arts degree. I, I think you have to be. She's certainly savvy. I can't. I, I guess I shouldn't that. really say that. I can't really say you got to be smart to be in a position like that. I you think she's very but... charismatic, and I think she's very um, opportunistic and driven. And she's maybe she's smart. I mean, I'm not saying she's yeah. not. Okay, fine. That, that's yeah, up for the You're not. right. I think we can assume base. that she's at least moderately intelligent. I mean, to make it this far, I know she's like she. She does well when the light's shining on her. I mean, and I say. She does well. She does well in her eyes and some of her supporters' eyes, obviously, to just garner the the spotlight and take full advantage of when it's on her. So I give her that. I mean, she she's made it this far for a reason. So big, but then it's like we- weaponizing like your followers to to yeah. you know stop the spread of information and stuff like that. Like well, when, doesn't that, doesn't that sound just lying. as nuts? And yeah. doesn't that sound just as nuts as what Trump does on Twitter and yeah. riles up his base? I think it's even like, nutser. This whole but it's it's not it's not sold that way. It, it's sold in a much different way. And no, and she's a she would be a, she's a freedom fighter. She's yeah, fighting exactly. disinform fighting disinformation, fighting misinformation. I, I'm way more scared of the fight on disinformation than I am the fucking Proud Boys. Let's just say that, dude. I, again, yeah. I mean, the, it's the far Proud more Boys are 
Yeah, it, it could easily hurt us more than the fucking Proud or, Boys. Or QAnon or anybody else who's a, a crazy person on the right. Well, Here's what I wonder, though. It, sorry, just uh, still on AOC, but w- when she's putting this, you know, this narrative out there of what happened, I mean, it, it's like anything that we say, like when, when people in the media say these, you know, I wouldn't say blatant lies because we don't know the whole story, but it seems that clearly she was lying about some pretty key details. Not necessarily lying, but clearly exaggerating right, and embellishing. Right. Sure. Yeah. Aren't people going to no like aren't there going to be people like like we've seen it happens all the time when people throw this stuff out there there's always going to be someone that's like nah, eh, that's actually not what happened and i have some pretty concrete evidence that shows that like it's very easy to disprove a lot of this stuff or at least show that it nearly wasn't as big as he's making it seem so i don't know i, I mean i shouldn't say what's the point because you know whether it's truth or not it's going to get her attention oh, think about how much that's all that yeah matters. think about how much attention those that instagram video got but it yes. was just an hour talking about yeah. her and how traumatic her experience was. And this email is asking for yeah. her constituent support of her against mean tweets. It's like, lady, you are the champion of the people, supposedly. Right. Like, you're supposed to be spending every fucking second that you have in that job. And right. all your thoughts are should be dedicated towards what can I continue to do here to help? the people that I represent. Yeah. yeah. That is like, I mean, it's not just her, obviously we're just calling that out and talking about it. Cause it's this particular instance, but do you guys remember the, what was the name of the guy that, um, Crystal and Kyle interviewed the, the second interview they had, uh, he's the Boshkar or whatever. The, the Indian guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, he threw out a, a funny analogy. Like he's, he I got my water bottle. Him. Yeah, he, he kept referencing like basketball reference. He kept using basketball references when yeah. describing certain things. And you might remember this, but he, you know, focused on AOC as being like, finally, we have like for years, we've been waiting for a progressive type person or at least someone that presents themselves as a progressive and a populist to make it to this part of like to this stage of the game, have a seat in Congress, have a group of people around her that that will, you know, echo her sentiments aka the squad and and he he referred to her as like andrew wiggins where like it's almost like you know yeah just like someone that you know coming out of college obviously andrew wiggins was supposed to be like the next so much raw talent and we're still waiting for that it hasn't happened yet and like he was using that as example like you know aoc at least presented herself as possibly like our ticket in to, to the big show and she hasn't quite done it yet it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen she's young she's i won't let it happen dude i don't want her fucking leading this shit i don't trust her at all right but but initially before like the craziness factor became a big thing with her people like like him were were like you know this is going to be our ticket in and he we're still he he just kept saying we're still waiting for it to happen maybe it maybe something changes doesn't look like it will but um, because when she came up wokeness wasn't really a thing yet when she was first elected into congress that's like, really only been like two over years? like the last yeah. yeah. Did you guys ever see the documentary that was about like her and three or four other people running for Congress's um, non-politicians? It was on Netflix. No, no, I don't think it was I've actually like I found it really cool. I watched it on a flight. Um, like I found it like pretty inspiring, and, and like that AOC I think was something to identify with. But now it's the totally caught up in woke politics AOC. Hey, dude, if she tries to, like, really get any type of power run for president, I will do everything in my ability to stop her. 
Yeah, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. So in other <laughs> words, Mo, you, you, you want to execute order 66 on AOC and all of her followers if it gets too far. Is that what you're I have hope, and I think there's use for AOC. I think if you have a real leader um, who comes in and represents the populist, we'll say, I don't want to say too liberal, but populist party um, within the Democratic Party, AOC is a valuable vote. Like You need bodies to pass meaningful legislation. So I think she's got a purpose. But yeah. I do not want her as the person leading the charge of here's what our priorities are. I mean, do you think it's just going to come down to like everyone just having to accept like the woke politics of people like that if they want progressive stuff passed? Like, do we no, eventually it, just have to take one with the other? No, because I don't think that they have to be married together. Because like I said, they, they, they weren't married together before the last couple of years. Like, this all turned into a much worse thing. Dude, really? Like, in 2019, like, um, George Floyd was a huge part of it. That was 2020. 2020. Sorry, 2020. That's what I meant. George Floyd was a huge part of bringing extra awareness to this. Trump, obviously, was a huge part of it. I don't know. I, I, like, Bernie doesn't have that wokeism. And he loves the gays. Yeah, no, but he kind of, he plays that game. He plays that game. He's in pretty deep with with like with, you know, the, the the main members of that party. Like, yes, he has his populist views, but he's he you you don't hang around this long without, like Ty said, playing the game. You know, I mean, well, I didn't mean like that. I, I meant more like he doesn't say many things where you eye roll he, and you're he, like, oh, right. God. He would have pa- you don't think he would have passed. Maybe, you know, maybe it wasn't wouldn't be executive order, but you don't think he would have done what uh, Biden did with the. Uh, Bill, we pat. Uh, we talked about the other day, where all transgendered, you know, kids are allowed to play in whatever sport they. I mean, you're, he, he probably would have. He probably yeah. would have. So I think you just have to. If you that, that's not the stuff that scares me. It's the censorship stuff that really scares me. Like I, I could. Well, just... that no, but that's they they go one and the same. It's because yeah. they don't really allow you to have an opinion. Like right, we saw that statement from the ACLU. I guess, I sent you guys. It was a, you know, the uh, it was a image, and it said, "Fact: There is no competitive advantage of someone who's born male playing in female sports." It's like that was pretty disturbing. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like, dude. All right, look. At that point, we're not living on in the same reality. So we're, they're not living <laughs> in reality. Like, but how do you hold? They would say like we're that not accountable. I, that's that's my point in why they're married together. You can't hold them accountable because you get shunned and shouted down and, you know, for lack of a better word, right, canceled if you actually have a voice of opposition. Yeah, if you like fear that. off the path. That's and why they're just, connected. It's so crazy because that's clearly not the most mainstream popular thought process. I think if you were to poll 100 Americans, a random sample size, 95 of them would agree with us that the ACLU is absolutely wrong in that statement. Maybe 97 of us. Right. But the loudest voice is shaping the policy. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what happens on you know that side of the culture war. So you know what the answer is, right? What? 
we must get louder. Exactly, and get ready to get fucking canceled. Oh, yeah. I'm fired up after watching that Trump rally video earlier today. I'm ready to fucking storm Capitol building and <laughs> do something. You'd probably be... Uh, should, should, should Ty and I disaffiliate from that statement so the FBI doesn't come after us? I Jared told me behind closed doors, I'll say it now, he's, he's a uh, MTG guy. What's that mean? Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> I mean, you guys know I love a good conspiracy theory. Oh, so man. How, how could I not root for MTG? Speaking of crazy emails. I was hoping that you were going to bring her up today. Speaking of crazy emails, this AOC does not hold a fucking candle to this woman. No, dude, it makes AOC look like a fucking librarian. <laughs> <laughs> so you uh, you guys heard, obviously, that she was like uh, going through this whole thing that House voted on whether she was, you know, removed from her committee seats. I don't even know what fucking committee she's on, but um they basically said like nope you can't serve in committees anymore it's like yeah we don't actually want you to do anything while you're <laughs> yeah. in congress so uh another campaign email or you know uh email list you know blast to all their followers this is from uh taylor green during this whole time she says friend the liberals here in washington dc are entirely out of control they will be holding a vote to expel me from any legislative committees because I've dared to stand up for you instead of the DC elites. Now, if I just stop there, Mo is all in. Mo if I didn't know who right she now. was and I just read that, yeah, I'd be all in. <laughs> Flagpole. She says, I need every liberty loving American to make an immediate donation and help me to fight back. And she goes on, they don't have a problem with Elon Omar, who has downplayed uh, the 9-11 attacks as, quote, some people did something, <laughs> or her numerous calls for Israel's eradication as she continues serving on the Foreign Affairs Committee. And uh, she goes, this is how the swamp treats people who stand up to them because we work for you. I mean, this could be a Trump email. Like, the all caps and everything. They're tight, dude. So, so please remember, they are coming after me because I'm standing up for you. We need to stick together. Please donate today. God it's bless America. Money, dude. God bless America. Massive scam for these idiots. Did you see the amount of money Trump raised for Stop the Steal and what little percentage of it went to actually fighting to stop the steal? It was like 10% of the $100 million he raised went to stop the steal. Dude, t t Ted Cruz did like the same thing. Yep. They're, they're, just, they're literally con artists. But <laughs> I mean, MTG versus AOC. It's Let's throw them in a, the fucking ring. So let's, sad, let's, let's throw them in a pool full of jello with bikinis on. Like, think of the people <laughs> who are donating, dude, money that at this point they probably can't afford to fucking give. There is nobody who believes what she says who has money to spare because you are not a valuable <laughs> commodity. But, dude, it, isn't it so like the, the people who can't afford to donate are the ones that tend to yeah. do that with with things like like she she, she knows exactly what she's doing. I, I worked with a guy at Tim Hortons back when I was a teenager. He worked the night shift, Neil, and dude was just dysfunctional. And he gave like literally his life savings to a Nigerian princess from an email phishing scam. 
And like the dude was so dumb. All he did was just smoke cigarettes and bake donuts every night for like $7 an hour. It's people like that, man. Listen to this woman. They signed it. They swore in on the Koran. Oh, we have the Bible. We're going to talk about swearing in on the, uh, how to swear in on the Bible. So she is going through the halls of Congress looking for Rashida Tlaib and Elon Omar and force them to swear in on the Christian Bible instead of the Quran. Them and let them know what our law says yes. that you can't swear in on the Quran. So we're going we're gonna to explain that. The you know, Quran. The Quran. can't swear in on the Quran. And we're yeah. going to have the Bible and ask them if they would swear in on the Bible. Mm-hmm. That we really need we them. The yeah, we have the oath. Yep. So I think live streaming yourself. But when they swore in, it wasn't a law yet, right? At the time they swore in. I think at the time they swore in that wasn't passed. So again, just to our point about what these fucking people should be doing when they're at their job, this is insane. She's making a quarter of a million dollars a year <laughs> with probably an unlimited expense account. And but this like, is what she's doing. How do we stop? Like, the people elected her. Right. Yeah. How do we fucking they, stop? People like that. We, I mean, we she is speaking for what state is she? One of, one of the Dakotas? Uh, I don't know. I thought, I thought she was down south. Yeah. Um, was, isn't, she, isn't she the same one that like a couple days after inauguration day, or maybe like the day after inauguration day, she was asking for the impeachment of Joe Biden. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure I'm not mixing it up with some other crazy Republican. Yeah. She did. She's been so crazy. Her campaign um, videos from when she was running for Congress were just absolutely absurd. She's a believer in Pizzagate, QAnon, like all of that shit. Yeah. Dude, she's Georgia. Wow. Yeah, I, was, Georgia. I thought I was going to say Georgia. Blue Georgia. That's, well, now uh, we know fucking why. <laughs> <laughs> I think I understand why Asaf and the Reverend are in there right now. Well, I want to see how many votes she get. I know she's the Congress, but she's in Congress, but still. I mean, uh, the the House, but still. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Best is ever. <laughs> so, I, I I will I will give the media this right. I mean, they are very very critical of her, even. <laughs> On a, even Newsmax, it was this was tough. Oh, actually, man. to step up and boldly declare your faith, share the gospel, and then truly live it and be the hands and feet of Jesus. You know, I'm sorry, I have to fact check you. I caught you in a in a, in a doozy. Um, you said a little while ago that you're just a regular person, and uh, I just don't think that's the case. You're absolutely extraordinary, and. Uh, very impressive to um, watch you, um, what you're doing, and I wish you luck and I wish you safety. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, many thanks. Oh my God, Jesus! That, that did not go the way I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! What a fucking <laughs> cuck! Well, I, so I thought you were going to show the video of the other Newsmax video when there were like two other people, people like interviewing her and. Like one of the guys just walked off this walked off the interview because he just couldn't. No, that was Mike Lindell. Oh, that was what the my pillow guy. Yeah, I've got that video too. I'm I'm mixing that. Okay, I think I think we listened to that one last time, didn't we? No, 
No. no. Maybe I just saw it. <laughs> we we all watch the same shit as we talk about on here. Um. So yeah, who I mean, would you? Who I was would fucking, you rather? That guy was one two right to the fucking gut right there. That was brutal. Guess how many votes um, Marjorie Taylor Greene got for Congress? How do you fucking possibly expect us to guess a number of <laughs> I'm votes? I'm not holding you to the specific number. Give me a range. Like, Two million. A Ten trillion. Two million. No, not even close. There's not two million people in her county. Exactly. Like, um, <laughs> still, two hundred twenty thousand people voted for her. She blew out the competition. Two hundred seventy or two twenty k to seventy k. She was voted in by the true people of Georgia, liberty loving Georgians. Yes, unbelievable. I think it's oh man. She, she, dude, it's scary that she has some level of influence. So th- this also happened on Newsmax uh, last week. What, what happened with your Twitter account and the uh, company page? Well, first, mine was taken down because we have all the election fraud with these Dominion machines. We have 100% proof. And then I, when they took it down uh, my, three weeks my, ago, I, and then I put it this is the best part. My personal, I put it. It was a Mike, uh, thank you very much. Mike, Mike, I, you're talking about machines uh, that, that we at Newsmax have not been able to verify any of uh, those kinds of allegations. We just want to let people know that there's nothing substantive that we've seen. And let me read you something there. He's powering through. There were some clear evidence of some cases of vote fraud and election irregularities. The election results in every state were certified and Newsmax accepts the results as legal and final. The courts have also supported that view. So right. we so, wanted so to talk to you about canceling culture, you if you will. We don't want to relitigate the, 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 the uh, wait, 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 allegations wait, wait, that you're wait. making, Mike, because we, we, we understand where you are. So let me ask you this. this guy is you insane. think that this should be temporary because it appears to be permanent. Could you make this is an good argument? TV right here. Now, we're just over halfway through. I'm going to I have to play this out just because it's I fucking could listen to this all day. This is the my pillow CEO. Yep. Like why the fuck does anyone have this guy on to talk about <laughs> anything other than pillows? He was just an avid Trump supporter. I would say he's one of Trump's boys. But like he, he showed up at the White House maybe like a week before um, Biden's inauguration with a Hail Mary plan of like trying to start a coup. Well, I'll, I'll tell you why he gets airtime. The real answer is because he fucking advertises out the balls with these companies. My pillow. Yeah. Makes sense. So he's just like, Hey, I want to be on. And they're like, no. And he's like, all right, I'm pulling my ads. And they're like, fuck you got a spot. Shit. <laughs> yeah. But dude, <laughs> Let's how go. about the fact that he starts that off with, they took down my Twitter because I've got 100% guaranteed evidence that this election was stolen. It's, dude. Can you just hear him out, please? Can you just just listen? All right. He's, he's got some solid. I, I just let's hear him out. That it is temporary. What? <laughs> could you make an argument that this could be a temporary banning rather than permanent? No, I want it to be a permanent because you know what? They did this because I'm revealing all the evidence on Friday of all the election fraud with these machines. So I'm sorry if you okay. think it's not uh, Mike, it's real. I, I, can I ask our producers, can we uh, get out of here, please? 
Uh, I, I don't want to have to keep going over this. Actually, we at Newsmax Mike, have not been able to verify any of those allegations. Wait, that you're, you're, Mike, oh, hold on you a second. Dead. Everybody hold on a second. Mike, Mike, hold on one second. Uh, let's talk <laughs> a little just bit walks about off. Just yeah, literally what just is left. happening overall. Oh, my God. What, I, what I'm wondering, assuming that's true, assuming he actually was reviewing the machines or whatever the fuck he was doing, who's asking this guy to jump in and be like, the, the, the like a voice of reason for for this conspiracy. I think Team Trump is that desperate. There are any straw they can grab. Like, hey, come help the fight. Come help the fight, dude. But like uh, this guy's this delusional that we're now. Dude, there is months. there is evidence of voter fraud. I'm looking at one right now. Ooh, tell me more. Pro Trump election conspiracy. Uh, theorist Lynn Wood investigated over possible illegal voting in the so, state of Georgia. No uh, way. Uh-oh. Yes. Oh, no. That's the least shocking thing I've ever heard, dude. How fucking... Like, that is just... Lynn I, Wood. I've heard that name before. He's, um... He's, like, one of the... He was out in those press conferences uh, with the woman who was talking about Dominion. Um, yeah, he's an attorney. That, that, that's where I heard it. He's an attorney. Um, so I, I'm sure, I'm sure he's just, a, you know, an attorney on the Trump team. Um, but I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Aren't are we fucking past all that? Like how long ago was this stuff? It feels like it months, was, dude, they won't let it die, man. Oh my God. No, impeach now, now and convict. Impeach <laughs> Stop and now, the steal. Stop and now the we get steal. the impeachment. So we get to relive this all yeah. over again. Happy impeachment day. Weeks. Unreal. Unreal. Um, what do you guys think about? I, I, I know what Adam thinks about it. Jared, what do you think about that LA Times article? The one you sent today? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to read that one. Jesus. You, you texted it to me when I'll I was never... working out. And then I had to listen to the podcast and then shower and eat. And I had a yeah, lot going right. on. You only had like a week to listen to the 45 minute interview. <laughs> <laughs> Is, dude, you should see his calendars on the weekends. Jam-packed. A lot <laughs> Jam-packed. Of well, dude, now that football's done, unfortunately, and you're not like you're full paleo, so you're not going to your place to get your chicken cutlet sandwich. Uh, weekends, like, I've been cheating on Saturdays. And oh, there it Good. I'm glad. I'm glad you've yeah. been cheating. Oh, you need to, man. Life's too short. Yeah. Adam, can you summarize the article for Jared then? Um, yeah, so in general. 10-second version. I it, title. I do that in 10 seconds. <laughs> title. What can you do about the Trumpites next door? Ooh. So to Adam, be fair, this Adam was an God. op-ed. So let's just let's just get that out there. This and is, oh. you know, some rant. Yeah, some guy that just wanted to write this. But in general, um, this guy is. She is a columnist at other outlets, by the way. Okay. So, so just quite a random person off the street. Right. Uh, yeah. But I mean, with op-eds, I tend to be a little skeptical anyway. She pretty much is writing about how she was with her family and they're living in some neighborhood like to like a pandemic getaway of such. And they had a, a shitload of snow. I don't know exactly where she was, but their neighbor, who is a known Trumpite, shoveled her driveway without being asked, without being asked for payment or anything, just shoveled the driveway. It seems like out of the kindness of of their hearts. And she is furious oh about that furious 
And I mean, I, I don't have the article up in front of me, but she gave she was. Getting I'll, I'll give you a quick ass. blurb here from the yeah. beginning. This is how this is how the article opens. Oh, heck no. <laughs> oh, heck, who the fuck talks? To <laughs> the Trumpites next door uh, to our pandemic getaway who seem as devoted to the ex-president as you can get without being Q fans just plowed because it's in italics now just plowed our driveway without being asked and did a great job <laughs> how am i going to resist demands for unity in the face <laughs> in the face of this act of aggressive niceness that's Aggr- that's a new term aggressive I, niceness i, I think I, she has to be like joking you i hope be. so i hope so of course on some level I realize I owe them thanks. And man, it really looks like the guy backtracked the d- driveway like a pro. But how much thanks? These neighbors are staunch partisans of blue lives. And there aren't a lot of anything other than white lives in the neighborhood. This is also kind of weird. Back in the city, people don't sweep other people's walkways for nothing. So Adam, I'll let you continue. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I was actually, I found my favorite part, and I remember reading this. I just wanted to refresh my memory, but when someone helps you when you're down or snowed in, it's almost impossible to regard them as a blight on the world. In fact, you're more likely to be overwhelmed with gratitude and convinced of, of a person's inherent goodness. You might end up like the upper middle class family I stayed with in France as a teenager. They did not attend a citywide celebration for the 100th birthday of Charles de Gaulle, the war hero who orchestrated the liberation of his country from Nazi Germany in 1944. They did have several portraits of Felipe Patan, Nazi collaborator, on their wall. When I screwed up the courage, which I, didn't, I screwed up the courage, to ask how it was for them during the occupation, the lady of the house replied, we were happy because the Nazis were very Poli or polis and then she said i don't know that word it's in french i was in tears when i found found that it meant polite so she's pretty much saying that these people are nazis because of how yeah nice they i'm are. struggling to connect the dots of her talking to these nazi apologists with her neighbor <laughs> shoveling her driveway i don't yeah. know if i can, can see the connection and then she also goes into talking about, uh, you know, about AOC, who spoke eloquently this week about her terrifying experience during the insurrection at the Capitol on January 6th. And it just goes on and on like that. <laughs> so here's my response bit. to my plowed driveway for now. Politely, but not profusely. I'll acknowledge the Sassian move. She's referring to when Ben Sass is like, hey, we got to have unity. With a wave and a thanks a minimal start on building back trust. I'm not ready to knock down the door with a covered dish just yet. I also can't give my neighbors absolution. It's not mine to give free driveway work as nice as it is. Just isn't the same currency as justice and truth (laughs) to pretend it is would be a lie. And they probably aren't looking for absolution anyway. But I can offer a standing invitation to make amends, not with a snowplow, but by recognizing the truth about the Trump administration and, more important, by working for justice for all those whom the administration harmed. 
mean, talk about grasping at straws here. (laughs) Jesus Christ. You almost have to have sympathy for somebody who lives this way. Like you're literally, you've created like a false construct of reality to make yourself feel, I guess, a mix of um, superior and victimized at the same time. Like it's just, it's so bizarre. It's fucking and it's all manufactured. It's WandaVision. They created their own little fucking bubble that they're living in. Yeah. It's totally it, manufactured. The guy think, next door is literally thinking, I'm going to be a good neighbor. I'd love to help her out. And then she ha- thinks about this so much, she writes an op-ed about how yeah she is. And obviously and, with all the details, I mean, I know we kind of jokingly said it sounds like it could be made up. She put a lot of work into this. This is truly how she feels about the situation. Yeah, and this that's is not terrifying. A thought. No. Terrifying. Yeah. We should write an op-ed. I'd love to write an op-ed. I don't know Maybe about what. That before a book. <laughs> First sentence. Fuck op-eds. <laughs> what, what does the op-ed stand for? Opinion edito- editorial? Something yeah. like that. Yeah, exactly. So here's my fucking opinion. <laughs> hey, um, uh, do you guys have a, a mask mandate outdoors still, Jared? Like, if you're outdoors, probably, is it still yeah, mandated probably. that you wear a mask? Yeah, I got. I'll always have one with me, but I don't put it on unless I'm walking next to somebody outside. I saw. I saw this on Twitter today. Hi there, I'm Jill Biden here at the White House with our two dogs, Champ and That's May. Doctor Jill Biden. For a lot you. of us during this pandemic, our pets have been such a source of joy and comfort, and maybe a bark or two on a video conference. The unconditional love from a dog is one of the most beautiful things on earth, and we owe it to them to keep ourselves healthy. So please keep wearing your masks, even when you're out walking your dog. Right, guys? No. <laughs> like, no. obviously, a very harmless, kind-hearted video at its core. Fake as, a, as, it, as it, I'm sure it is, but... Why are we telling people to wear masks outside? Like, that's not something the CDC recommends. Who knows anymore, man? Who knows why they're telling people to do what they're doing? It just doesn't even add up. It's puzzling. It's exhausting. (laughs) And not just wear a mask. Make sure you're wearing, like, three masks when you're outside with nobody near you. Uh, Are you guys going to wear three masks on the flight to Miami? Uh, no. How many masks? Probably just the one. Ty? I wear one. I'm going Jared, three. Jared, you're going three? No, dude. I, three, I wear three one. Three KN95s, dude. I'm not going <laughs> to fucking breathe. Put, like, two on your eyes and, like, one on your mouth. I'm very much a believer in exposing myself just little, little, little bits at a time. Well, if you believe the airlines, those air filters don't even allow you to have COVID in a plane. So, yeah, which is good, which makes it. So and they, they would about... have no reason to lie. They don't want us to buy plane tickets. Or are anything. they still roping <laughs> off? The middle... Are they still roping off the middle seats? I don't think so. Fuck. Are you guys doing Southwest? I'm not. Oh, uh, I am. Southwest, you might be good at them. I mean, I I don't give a shit. I mean, I I end up sitting in the middle seat anyway. Usually, seems that way. But um, I was curious if they still had you that just, going. You're a big fan of Southwest, where you can pick whatever seat you want, pick in the middle seats. 
Yeah, man. I love the middle seat. If I get man. on that plane and I got to sit in it like directly next to someone, make fucking pissed. You piece of shit. You fucking goddamn so, fucker. Listen, fuckhead. You fucking crossed the line. Get that through your goddamn fucking head. You piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to tell the person next to me. You've goddamn crossed the line. <laughs> Who is Alex Jones talking to there? I don't know. I don't know. You piece of shit. You fucking goddamn <laughs> fucker. Listen, fuckhead. You have fucking crossed the line. Get that through your goddamn fucking head. Uh, okay. Um. All right. Let's do stay woke, and then we'll jump into new segment. How about that? Sounds Gucci. All right, stay woke. So we'll start with all well, I this I added this towards the, you know, like like an hour or two ago because I just thought it'd be interesting to talk about. Um, you piece of shit! You fucking <laughs> Listen, fuckhead! You've crossed the line. Oh man! So have you guys heard about Kim Kardashian um, lately? Ooh, actually, why, why Erica she, was just telling me about this and why she's in the news. No. So, um, you guys are all familiar with her daughter, the daughter. Of oh, her. I did hear yes. about this. Yes. So, I don't know if you guys have seen the uh, seen the picture, but long story short, um, Northwest, who is great I think, name, Devin. Yeah, amazing name. First off, well done, parents. Um, Northwest is the daughter of Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, and. I think it was yesterday, Kim Kardashian posted a picture, which if you like looked at this painting, you would have thought it was in like from a fucking museum that like Bob Ross painted this. Like it looks immaculate. And of course, you have a picture of it. I am going to send it to you guys right now. Just pull it up on the cam. Just put your phone up. I'll do both. I just sent it. But so this is the picture. Okay. And in the bottom right-hand corner, there's a little signature where you would normally find the artist's name. It's North. So apparently, Kim Kardashian's daughter drew and painted this beautiful piece of art all on her own. And she made a point to post it on Instagram. And there were all of these articles of people dissecting it and saying, I can see how, how she could have made this. And here are five reasons why. So this goes along with like the Ruth Conda forever thing of yeah. you know people saying like their kids said this about joe biden or whatever and it's total bullshit so it just goes right along with that and obviously there are lots of people that are like oh wow northwest is so talented do and you think all- there's any chance she could have painted that no i no. mean i don't I there's know there's gotta what- be some chance because i mean the the sheer fucking gall and balls you would have to have to like paint like post something like that I mean, she's one of the most followed people on, on the planet. Dude, maybe she wrote her name in the bottom right that, hand that's corner. That's literally what I'm like. I thinking. have a hard time believing that a seven-year-old painted this. Dude, like that, that's a flawless <laughs> painting. It, it, dude, it should be in a museum. Unbelievable. It's amazing. It, 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 I thought it was that, paint by numbers, to be like, quite honest. Like when I, I saw don't even it, think a seven-year-old could paint that by numbers. I, I, I could I could believe be that like to. a talented seven year old could do that I guess but so if that if that's not the case, freehand then, paint it then okay that's probably what it is but I I don't know dude I like I couldn't do that now never mind when I was seven 
Yeah. I, I'm calling bullshit on it. I'm calling I'm bullshit. I don't think it's real. But it just goes right along. And, of course, these people were eating it up. And I'm, think, I'm sure more people posted pieces of art that they are saying that they're five-year-old painted and just pretending to go along with the with the trend. So I did throw that out there first. I want to see if you guys saw that. All right. So the first on the woke hot seat is being healthy. We kind of talked about this already, but we got to share with the listeners because it is unreal. Great news from Mo and I. Yes, big time. And for me too, if I continue drinking the amount of beers I do. So a few tweets came out regarding physical health. Okay, so I'll start off with this tweet. And this tweet was directed at Talkspace. I don't know what Talkspace is. Um, some, ha- some, you know, account on Twitter or whatever. Hi there, Talkspace. Can you please explain why, <laughs> when, when signing up, you list eating disorders and obesity as an issue that one might get help with? Fat folks are not the problem. And being fat is not a disorder. Why are you pathologizing body sizes and reinforcing stigma. Here's another one. There are always there. There are always room to be mindful and inclusive to, of everyone in this world. Let's start spelling obesity as obesity. Now, if you're wondering why I'm saying spelling obesity as obesity, you guys obviously know when, when people, well, how would it really ears. sound if you tried to say that? Obesity. <laughs> <laughs> So they literally put an asterisk where the E should be in obesity to make it as if it's a derogatory term, like a swear word. So apparently obesity is up there with fuck and bitch and all the other swear swear words we love to say. Obesity has joined the ranks of those words. Here's one more and then we'll move on. Body positivity needs to be about fat acceptance. (laughs) Understanding the fat experience of life and diet culture. Stop deciding what is right for fat people before listening to them. Here's some stuff you need to know before commenting on, quote, the obesity epidemic. So apparently being fat is not to say that it's not like whatever you want to be fat. That's yeah, I'm not but, I'm not for I'm not pro fat shaming by no, any stretch of the no. fucking imagination. But I but mean, like, dude, don't I, you, tell you us t- it's healthy. To be yeah. fat. Don't tell me I now have to spell the word obesity without the E. No. Oh, right. Obesity is a scientific term. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's not a word of slander. It is not talking shit. It's a scientific term with a definition. It's in the Webster's Dictionary. It, it's, a, it's a literal term. But I, I got one more. I have to read this one. This is in response. To I have to. Like someone like one of us would have gone on there and said, you guys are fucking crazy. Here's a response to something like that. I'm going to stop you there. I know what you're going to say. Going to the gym turns fat into muscle and fat is bad, right? Wrong. There are hundreds <laughs> of studies that show that being fat is better for you than being thin. Don't believe me? Google obesity paradox. That dude, that's how you crazy cross the line. Are, <laughs> they have fucking crossed it's the line. Abso- Alex like, well, and the scary thing is, you could find something. <laughs> You're right, the, Alex. You could <laughs> find something Alex. on the internet to say anything you really want it to say. Like people believe whatever the obesity paradox is. I'm assuming it's saying being obese is more healthy than being skinny, and they read these super biased sources and believe it. 
Like the anti-vaxxer movement. Sounds it's like the same thing. misinformation. <gasps> dun, dun, so maybe we no! do need it. Shut them down. <laughs> it's just crazy, dude. That, That's like, the type of disinformation that you're not allowed to not like, though. True. You have to be oh, on board with that. If somebody tried to say that to my face in person, any comment like obesity is good for you or not real or you can't use the term, I would literally like laugh in their face. Ty, I would, are we have, I would have no other reaction other than just a laugh in their face. Are we going to bleep those words out, Ty? Just just so we're just so we're clear. I'm only going to bleep out the e, so it's going to be right. very quick. It's going to be we're going to start calling it obsidy. Yeah, that's what it's going to sound like. <laughs> obsidy. All right. Next, a familiar um, member or person on the hot seat is white people. Okay, so here's a couple of tweets. All right, you I'm know, so man, tired. We are constantly under attack, are Dude, we not? Always middle class white men. How fucking hard just... do we have? Get, get, we, give we us five run. more years. Just we're going to be oppressed. <laughs> I'm so tired of white Americans. Honestly, I'd rather never deal with them again in this life. Their ugliness and indifference is just too grotesque for me or anyone vaguely sane to bear anymore. This guy's white. I was going to say, I guarantee that's white. <laughs> Next one. I feel the same, and I'm white. 50% of white people feel the same. Pretty broad stroke there, but also, this lady's white. Next. As a white American, I'm ashamed to have to agree with you. I left the U.S. and moved to Asia to get as far away as possible from stupid, selfish white Americans marinating in a rancid stew of white privilege <laughs> for so long they don't even see how ugly they are. These are all white people, by the way. Just want to make sure that's if that wasn't already clear. Um, so they so, went know. to a place where no matter where they go, pretty much everyone around you is the same race. Yeah. Yes. Skin yeah. color and as the same. I, I would love to go see these people move to fucking Compton and have to go stay in an Airbnb in Compton for a couple of weeks and just be like, hey, are you as diverse as you say you are? Or go to Tijuana or something. Right. All right. Next in the hot seat is white Twitter. So not just white people, but white Twitter. Okay. So here we go. This this lady, Jessica King McLaughlin. I don't know who this is, but Cis white men oh, dominate Twitter. What's that? You got you, you got to get a little more inflection in your voice. So Jared's yawning over here. Sorry, you cis white men. Did you guys know what cis means? I think just straight gender. Right? Yeah, cisgender, which means like your own gender. Like you, you mean, don't like if you're born a man, you're just yeah, you just stay a man. So, so, I guess, so we're, we're just normal. I guess so. God damn it! I, if someone was gonna fucking say it. I gotta bleep that out. Cis white men dominate Twitter. Uh, an SW professor, I don't know, once said that a simple way to amplify those who hold more marginalized identities, in this case, anyone but a cis white man, is to have a retweet ratio that skews heavily away from retweets of cis white men. And I'll just summarize the rest. She said, go back and look at your last 100 retweets. If you are retweeting <laughs> mostly white men, cis white men, then you are part of the problem and you should undo quote undo retweets. If you must, I know I regularly do that when reviewing my retweets and examining my biases. Do you guys even know any transgendered people? I don't think I've ever met one. I've met one. Yeah. Actually, what are you talking about? Jared, you've never seen a transgender person. You lived in the fucking Philippines for years, yeah, that's, dude. That's, that's, that's different. You lived among like, the ladyboys. No, that's not different. 
It's the same thing, dude. I, I, I guess you can be the transgender I, the and not I, go I all the way. I wasn't counting that. Is like the way that I think in a Western culture you think of transgender, right, as marginalized and oppressed. Lady boys, like they were proud out and owned it and just did their thing and weren't looked down upon at all. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know like how much anymore they're like looked down upon. Well, this is a perfect I, segue. Oh, sorry, Mo, continue. No, I, I, I guess I didn't mean down upon. It's like I don't know. I, I've never met like in my normal day to day in in America. I've never met a transgender person. I was just trying to or think. Maybe like, you have, and you didn't know. Ooh. I just got to start feeling them, I guess. See what's down there. Just just do do a quick grab and cup check. Know, see what happens exactly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh never mind. Hey, uh, last on the hot seat. Speaking of trans people, um, the hot seat is filled by the Biden administration and healthcare at the same time. So Biden released this tweet or his his account at least released this tweet a couple weeks ago saying today I have issued a presidential memorandum to protect and expand access to reproductive health care. I'm fully committed to protecting women's health here at home and around the world. Awesome. I don't think anyone would argue against that. But Elania Rubin might. Hi, President Biden. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm wondering if you could adjust your wording from, quote, woman's health care to, quote, health care for people who get pregnant and bleed. Whoa. I'm a trans Jesus. woman. I'm a trans woman, but don't need these services. Thank you for your work. What? So she's waiting her right to any of those needs because I guess that wouldn't apply. Because well, she's got a cock and ball. She doesn't exactly. believe exactly. or get pregnant. But so because she decided to become a woman in this case, she, she gets now ha- she now gets to decide if woman, you know, like she's just taking herself out of the equation. Like, don't worry. I don't need these services, but thank you anyway. As if it was just not acknowledging me. Yeah, exactly. Here's a crazy question for you guys. Like how far will this whole identify as movement go? Like, would you be surprised in 10 years if you have people identifying as different races? Not at all. At this point, dude, we just had on the stay woke uh, segment last week. We heard that there's such thing as white women of color. Yes, that's so I true. guess you're right. It's already a thing. We're already there, baby. We're here. We're living in it. So you're gonna have this is what I say to them. Identifying you as people. Line. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's it. That's all I got. Craziness, man. Staying woke. And all now right. we segue right. into introspective moments with Mo. I should have got some like segment. theme music or something. We do for need you. some theme music. I think that would be a great addition. Chop it up. Come on, produce. Chop it up. So they pay you the big bucks, Alex Cooper. All right. So um, I was tasked with, and I've probably been asked to do this about 100 times and haven't done it, of coming up with some <laughs> juicy, introspective topics to have a uh, deep discussion on for the podcast. This, this is how you keep an audience, though. You know what you're doing. You just. You get you have to get asked ten times to do something once. You're just good at yeah, titillizing and titillating, or whatever it's called. Yep, exactly. Titillizing, <laughs> whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> to titillate. I've never heard of that word in my life. I've heard of tantalizing. Tantalizing. No, I. I, yeah, this, I is, this, is this is what I think. This is what I think of when I think of like music for this segment. Live TV from 85 plus channels with local sports and news. YouTube TV. Try it free. Hey, no free ads. 
There's a certain strain of bacteria called Lactobacillus ruteri that will help you grow Another fucking ad, you We'll get there. <laughs> I think it's that's way too that heroic of a song. Super epic, yeah. Way too epic. I'm more thinking like X Files intro. <laughs> I can right. do that for you. So, then. so I came up with a couple um, open-ended discussion questions uh, that I'll throw out to you guys. Um, no, obviously no right answers, but I think can lead to some interesting conversations. So first question, we'll start with Ty on this one. We'll go around Ty, Adam, and then I'll give my two cents. How do you define success in life? In your life specifically? Mm. Of course, I we get the fucking hardest question. That, that is a hard one. That's a, that's a very There's difficult no, one. No right answer. Just what, what, what does a successful life look like to you? Um, I think it's a combination for me of, you know, mostly just relationships, but also a comfortable living, which boils down to money. So I think they're, you know, I don't know how you really would define success in, in your personal life from a relationship perspective, but, you know, I think like essentially I have a baseline of where it's at now and I don't want it to really dwindle. Right. So, so when so, you say, as long as I continue to maintain the relationships I have, because at this point mm. the, the ones I have are the ones I want, you know, then I feel good about that, and I work to maintain those relationships. So that, and, and when you say success there, a comfortable living, and obviously money's important. I don't think anybody's going to disagree with you there. How do you know when enough is enough when it comes to being successful with money in in your career? Um. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think my work ethic will stop me from achieving a certain amount. Like I'm just not, I don't, I don't, I'm just not the guy that's going to work 80 hours a week. I just don't, I'd, I'd rather work 50 and make, you know, a reasonable wage and have a fucking life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, if, I, if you have a family, obviously it's, it's, you know, you can't go anything less than being able to give your family what you feel like you want to give them. So, so, so would you say from a financial perspective, it's being able to comfortably support your family? Yeah. And again, you just you have to be able to define comfortably, you know, comfortably for one person is probably different than yeah, somebody else. Totally. But, you know, I think you just got to trust your instincts and, you know, trust that you're making the right decisions. And I think the key thing for me is to like talk about it. You know what I mean? Like we're very close like I'm, you know, I trust my dad and my mom, you know what I mean? So I would bring up like, you know, finances and stuff like that and talk to them about, hey, you know, how did you kind of view this, right? Get a understanding for what they felt was comfortable and what I know that as. So you just kind of use best practices around you, in my opinion. Okay. Anything else you want to add before we go to Adam? No, because I think your your follow up question is going to help me define it. All right. Well, I mean, I think everyone's definition of success is going to be a little different. So, whatever your goals are, like your individual goals are, as long as you, like, if you set those out and you achieve those goals, I guess that would be success. For someone 
else. It could be much less than what we're talking about. Like for me, um, in my mind, at least buying a house down the road and being able to start a family and not maintain my current lifestyle, but like being able to do things that I do now, I want to be able to continue to do those things down the road, even when like kids become a thing and like, I just get, um, like being able like, like traveling, for example, like other than last year, I, well, yeah, other than last year, I haven't really been able to like, I've always been able to go somewhere, whether, whether it's with you guys or, or, or a large group of family and friends. Um, and I want stuff like that to continue to happen. And, and there's times when I felt like, I mean, at some point I'm not going to be able to do these things at the same rate I'm doing them now. And I still think that's the case, but it would be nice to be able to, you know, I, 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 I love a lot about what my life is right now. Part of its relationships, like Ty talked about, um, the other part is being able to have some sort of financial freedom to do things that I'm doing right now, like traveling and, and, you know, and things like that. So I think I'll feel successful initially, you know, at least when I have a house starting a family and I'm able to provide comfortably for that family. I don't think I'm ever going to worry about making too much money. I was going to kind of jump in there when you mentioned, like you said, what amount of money is, is enough. I mean, I don't know if any of us are going to ever be at a time where like, eh, you know, I can, I can, I can stop and, you know, too much money. I I don't need any more. I I don't think any of us are ever going to really be in that position realistically. Um, But being able to live comfortably. Well, everyone's in that position. Everyone's got to make a decision on how hard they want to work. No, no. I mean, I guess the way I interpreted with like Jared's like how much money would be like, we're not just talking like, Hey, if someone's going to just hand you cash, when are you going to say no? No, no. I I mean, just like, you know, accumulating wealth to a point when you're like, I'm all set. Like I, that, that's enough for me. I'm just going to call it quits now and and get out now. But yeah, um, well, I I think it's an inch. It's a different dynamic because obviously you're in a, steady state profession as an educator where you have a career that you do for your entire career and there's steps and you make more money over time where like Ty and I's career and I'd say most of the private sector is you have a lot more autonomy and freedom of what you can do with your career. So I think like to Ty's point in our careers, I think we're faced with decisions at certain points of do I give up potential work-life balance, freedom, time with our family, et cetera, to make more money and say, take a promotion, relocate, whatever it may be, more stress. Um, so there's definitely no right answer, but I, but I think it's an interesting dynamic to kind of look at both sides of it, of like a career where, you know, you know what you're going to be doing and you know what you're going to be making. And it's a little, I think a little bit easier to say like, here's where that, where I'll be versus something different. Yeah, no, you're right. And I'm definitely looking at it through my lens. I yeah. know my career path's definitely different than than yours and Ty's, but um kind of the point of the segment. Yes. <laughs> uh correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, buying a house has has probably been like I don't know. Like there's there's times when I'm I'm looking at stuff on Zillow and then realtor.com and I go down these traps. I'm like, ooh, baby. I know. It, it's just it's it, I feel like 
as long as I'm, as long as like Emma and I are like renting, I'm never going to feel like fulfilled until like I can call something my own, Mm -hmm. you know, and and not have to worry about like re-upping. You got your legacy. That's almost paid off, right? Yeah. Yeah. I actually just hit the three year mark um, yesterday or two days ago. So yeah, I'm almost done with that. So that'd be fucking awesome when I don't have a car payment in a couple of years. That'll be yours. Um, Still got, you know, I'm working on my student loans right now and hopefully in a few years that will be done too. And that will obviously give me a little more financial fle- uh, flexibility. But I think once I have a home, I'll feel like it's like a be- it'll be like a sigh of relief because I feel like that's something that always <laughs> Adam will sigh my head, get lazy, and then it'll be like, fuck, now I can't afford my mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> now, how am I going to afford how am I going to afford this house? <laughs> Didn't quite get that far. Uh, so, so something I think is interesting, and I obviously haven't experienced this myself yet, but I've kind of gotten a glimpse into it with uh, my sister and brother-in-law. They're four years older. Of uh, they got married, got at bought a house, like nice home, um, have a family. Now they've got two kids, and then like that itch kind of like still creeps up of like, okay, now what's next? Like, do we need a right. bigger house? Right. Right. So so now they're in like the debate of do we buy a more expensive, bigger house to upgrade when like, and I think that's a very interesting debate of on that pendulum of, um, I guess you could say like material items versus what's going to make you happy. And, and then maybe that's not the right way to put it, but what's financial freedom and flexibility versus having nice things. Maybe that's Correct. a better way to put it. Um, and I think it's super interesting that like, I think you see it a lot with families of you can easily fall into that. I don't want to call it the American trap. Cause I don't think it necessarily is, but like the American dream is kind of do that. Well, it's kind people, of, right. It's what, what do you say? Uh, comparison is a thief of joy or something. Yep. Right. I mean, you can always find somebody with a nicer house or nicer cars or that's really right. what it is. I think most times is like, maybe not in. Dan and Jill's case, I have no idea, but I think some people get caught up in like, you know, someone they know or their neighbors totally. and it's like, right. Oh my God, I want that. Like, and that becomes like that. How that, can they have that? And I can't. Right. I think that's a lot of what it is. And, and it becomes to a lot of people. I think it's easy to have that become part of your identity. How nice is your house? How big is your house? And, and a part of your self worth of, to your point, Ty, if so-and-so over there just built a brand new home, who knows how they're affording it or not affording it. Why should they get to have that? And I don't, I work hard too. Right. And I think that's such an easy. Yeah. And then you convince yourself, actually, fuck it. I can have that. Yep. And it might be a little I can make, bit I can, above I can my means work. Yeah. So I, I think it's super interesting. Yeah. And there's also people who can afford it, but choose just to stay where they're at and just say, yeah. I, I give me that financial freedom. But like, I look at your parents as somebody who obviously your dad's successful um, but they've lived a pretty simple, I wouldn't, maybe not simple, but like below their means, modest life of lived in the same home forever. Not like a very fancy home. Don't take lavish vacations or anything like that. Um, and they've kind of just said, yeah, you know, we're, we're comfortable living this way. Well, he would argue that, I mean, he does it because he does do a ton of maybe not lavish vacations, but a ton of vacations. Yeah, I guess, you know I guess I mean? like I don't obviously don't see what trips he does. Like he he would you know we did a family trip every single year. 
you know what I yeah mean? that's to, pretty cool somewhere in, in the country and so you know i think he would probably say like that you know he had rather that have that freedom to be able to do that i mean sure. he, he has the cars like he likes the cars yeah but yeah i mean he's just said you know i'm very comfortable living where i'm at and i'd rather <laughs> spend the money elsewhere so yeah, i mean i, I respect I, it i hope to have some of that balance you know what i mean Sure. When you were talking more about like living within your means, it made me think of a story from like years ago, like back when like the Brissons were all still like, we were still going to the Brissons and everything when we were younger and who, who lived across from the Brissons? Do you remember? Um, they owned one of the strip clubs in Rhode Island. I don't remember yeah. their name, but yeah, they owned one. They had a, just a massive house, the yeah. indoor pool and all that massive house indoor pool. And they had a Hummer. Yeah, so I remember right. like I would see this Hummer all the time and I'd be in the car with my dad and this, like, I think he had like the Ford Explorer or excursion or whatever that, like, I think, you know, Ty could say like our, our dads have all like had like the, yeah, the expedition, like the same cars for like a while. And we'd always be driving by and see this fucking Hummer everywhere. And I'd always ask, Hey dad, why don't you buy a Hummer? Like, and I'm younger. So I'm like, why wouldn't you buy it? Like, look how cool it is. And he would like, give me like whatever answer and then move on. I kept asking him and asking him. And I would bring it up all the time. And finally, I'm like, I bring it up like maybe the 20th time. I said, Dad, why don't, why don't you buy a Hummer? And my dad like, hey, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Adam, shut up. I can buy three Hummers if I wanted to. I don't want a goddamn Hummer. It's a waste of money. He said something like that. He just like free. He just he finally hit this boiling point. Like this kid won't stop fucking asking me about this goddamn. He didn't listen to the first car. 19 fucking times. Yeah. I told him I don't want a Hummer. I have Ken's exact. Like, I have Ken's exact quote right here. You piece of shit. You fucking goddamn fucker. Listen, fuckhead. You have fucking crossed the line. Get that through your goddamn fucking head. But it, but it, it just made me think like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure, you know, all of our parents could afford to have driven a nicer car. I mean, not for nothing, but the homes. expedition was a fucking expensive car. Expeditions are balling. Yeah. yeah it, it was it was a nice car, but it, it was not a Hummer. Like Hummer was like the thing at that time. That's what rappers drove. Exactly. Like yeah. everyone wanted a fucking Hummer. Something like, well, dad, you have a job. Dad. Buy a Hummer. Why can't like, we drive a Hummer, Daddy? <laughs> <laughs> it was probably pretty close to that. But it just made me think like Daddy, you know, I just shit dude, myself yeah, and I want to go into Hummer. Adam is why. There's such hatred for cis white men. Because as I he, wanted my dad to buy a Hummer. Bitching yeah. DVD player. Yeah. How he's not in a Hummer. <laughs> to be fair, I didn't say I wanted to be in a Hummer. I just wanted to like why uh, don't, don't don't walk it back now. I'm not walking it back. I'm telling you how it is. Why like I he's got a job. Why aren't you buying a Hummer? And it made me think of that, just like, you know, there's so many people who probably could be in our lives that probably could be living in a much more luxurious house, driving a much better car, going on so many more trips. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that will do that stuff. And in the end, like if you look deep down into their financial situation, it's a fucking horror show. It's a tough but, balance because nice things yeah. are fucking dope. And Jared nice and I went to dope. Jared, Jared went. I went with him. He was he was looking at uh, one of the new Bentleys. <laughs> I chickened out. I bought a Jeep instead. <laughs> Probably the I used Jeep. Um, well, good news, Adam. They are coming out with a Hummer uh, again, I think, in 2022. An all-electric Hummer. So that you have defines chance, success, dude. baby. Right I there. I want my Hummer. You won't I even need to put my... gas in it, dude. Excellent. It's about Epic. time. 
Finally, I can define. He'll still go to the gas station and just pretend. Just so everyone I'll, I'll just can check like, it out. <laughs> I'll, I'll pretend. Just where, to show where's, it off. Where do I put the... Oh, that's right. I don't need gas in this home and just piss everybody off. Yeah. All, so, right. all right. So I'll, I'll go through uh, I'll go through my points for success. Um, so the first thing I put was live a life of no regret. So I've, I've always um, probably had an irrational fear of and, and overthink it sometimes of like, you hear some of those stories and I don't even remember. I was probably just reading stupid shit when I was high in college of like, you ask an old person on their deathbed, what they wish they did different. And it's always like, I wish I worked less and spent more time with my loved ones and chased my dreams. Mm. So I've always had this like irrational fear of, I want to be old and really proud of what I did with my life and not have any regrets with how I spent my time. So that that's certainly one of them. Um, learning to be content but I mean, when will you when will you realize that when you're on your deathbed? Well, so that's a great segue to my second point. Learning to be content and grateful, I think, is something that's really, really hard for our generation to do. Isn't this or about defining success? Yeah, like I, I think if you can be grateful for what you have and content with what you have, you can look at your life as a success much easier than saying like I need this on top of what I have. Yeah. And I guess I looked at success as like a big part of success to me is like being happy and fulfilled. And like, that's why I included that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Cause I a hundred percent agree. I was just trying to see how you were tying it into this. Yeah. So. so like, I just like, I know me dude, like you guys know me too. Like always on to the next thing. Like, all right, what now? Like, what do I need? What am I going to do next? This, that. And like, it's very difficult. But like I try and force myself and I have a lot of work to do to get there to like just be super appreciative and grateful for how awesome my life is because it's fucking awesome and so much better than so many people and be content with that being okay. Mo just throwing humble, in people's humble face. Brag. Jesus humble brag. Christ. No, I don't, I don't mean it like that at all. I don't mean <laughs> my it like life that fucking at all. rocks. <laughs> hey, but, you. But do you, do, you ever have, do you ever have those moments where like, I think it happens on both sides of it where like there's moments where you're throwing yourself a pity party. In days you're like, yeah, fuck of this, like this Absolute. sucks. Human nature, but, but, man. But but then there's also the days where like you sit down and think about it and go like, wow, dude, my life is fucking awesome when I actually think about it. And there like, are not far, in a braggy way. Yeah, there are you far have to force fewer yourself times. To think about yeah, exactly. Way. I was just say like there are far fewer times you sit down. I sit down and say, man, I'm fucking, I'm very grateful to be where I am. Yeah. Than like, fuck, I got to worry about this. I got this going on next week. This part's this is eating away at me. You you end up spending more time in the negatives than actually sitting down and looking at where you've gotten to this point. Yep, exactly. Um, so third point I had was be true to what you specifically want to get out of your life. So I think it's very, very easy to get caught up in the rat race and like the system of maybe doing a job you don't want or like and the next thing you know you're trapped there for the health insurance and for the to pay your mortgage and kind of similar to my first point of like next thing you know 10 years went by you're like i didn't do anything that i wanted to over the last 10 years and i think that's like super easy to have happen yeah Yeah, agreed um and then the last one live a life full of meaningful loving relationships so i think that's obviously like we all said that i think super important and the you know the older we get the more you realize like those are the moments that make life worth living like looking back at all the great times we've had great times with family um and it's the things that money can't buy 
that like, you know, you want to say I have, I'm rich in a life full of love. I think that's so much more important than here's what my W2 income is. Right. Yeah. But how do you I, define it? Right. I mean, like that, all these things like are very ambiguous things. Well, I think that's the idea. Like success is very relative depending on the person. Yeah. You know, we're all going to have different goals and different barometers where we judge our, our successes on. So I don't think there's one right answer. And, and, and I think the challenge of human nature is I don't know if we'll ever get to a point. We probably won't where we sit down, breathe a sigh of relief and say, I made it. Yeah. Right. That's, that's what I mean. Like we, yeah. like, there, it's, like it's ambiguous no to the extent no that finish line. no one can even give an answer. It's not even that everyone's answers, answers are different. There's, I can't really give you an answer. Yeah. It's all feel. Totally. Totally. Feel. Which is why, you know, I mean, you say you, I mean, Christ, maybe if I realized that we were going to each have a half hour here, I would have uh, <laughs> thought about this more. No, I mean, you kind of nailed everything on the head and broke it down and, you know, uh, a much deeper way than we did, you know, cause it's all about like, everything's connected, right? That's why I think it was cool that you, you know, read them in that, in that way. You know, because if you don't stay true to yourself, then you can easily get lost in, in your true gut feelings about things like what makes you feel successful or what makes you feel happy mm -hmm. like that. Those can get corrupted if you don't yeah. do the other things or you, you about just what lose, you're saying. lose the calibration to your compass. Like, yeah. Think about how easy it would be to get caught up in the rat race and work, dude, and like let that become your identity in life. And then you blink you're like, I don't even give a fuck about this. And I just wasted years of my life not going to my kids sporting events and bad mm -hmm. relationships with my friends and family because of it like i think that's an easy trap to fall in yep big 100%. time so all right well considering that took a half an hour do we want to still do the other two today or do we want to just save one per segment um i don't we know were they connected um i kind of just threw the three of them out there so it how was... about we do one more okay yeah, um, we, we got so, time. so this this is a juicy one What's the thing you're most scared of Ooh. at this point in your life? Hashtag most scared. You want me to go first this time or reverse the order? Sure, I'll go. <laughs> oh, wait, I thought you said reverse it between Ty and I. Sorry. Go ahead. I don't, I don't care. I don't no, care. you go, Jared. No, you Adam, go. you go. You go. Adam, go. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Jared, so I have, go, Jared. I wrote, I, wrote, I wrote two down. I wrote two down. Uh, I kind of put like a what I see is like a tangible fear and then like an intangible fear. So my tangible fear, which I've been trying to conquer in the last like six months or so. And I know I'm too young to be, well, maybe I'm too young to be thinking about it, but then at the same time, I don't think I'm too young to be thinking about it is retirement. And I know I'm not even 30 yet. And it seems kind of silly to think about retirement, but like I've, I've started to get more and more invested no pun intended in, in my finances and trying to figure out like his my invested in his investments. I'm invested in my investments. Cause like one of my, <laughs> one of my things that I've been thinking more about is if I, I think one of the benefits of working in a career like mine is when you start off, there's like, it's, it's different. Like when you guys started off, you know, in the call center, you, there was a bunch of 20 something year olds, just like you guys yeah. all in like similar situations Or with me, most of the people I work with have either are in the middle of having their families or have kids like in college at this point or out of college and being able to talk to them and have like some 
cool converse because I'm fortunate I get to work with a lot of interesting people too. They're not just dull teachers like me. They actually have interesting stories to tell. And it's, it's cool to see where they have been at certain points in their life. And one of the things I always find myself talking about is planning financially for the future. So that's always been a fear of mine is like, what is my retirement going to look like? Am I going to have enough saved? Am I going to be ready? Cause ideally I want to be able to retire and not have to worry about finances. I know that's a pretty broad statement and pretty general, but so many people I feel like don't plan for that step of their life, which is kind of crazy to think about. It is. Yeah. And, and the more, the more I've, I've read into it, you know, and I've, I've gotten more, like I have accounts with fidelity now. I I'm more invested in my, in my four or three B with like, I'm trying, I'm trying to cover all this stuff now and educate myself more on it because that's always been like a little bit of anxiety for me. Um, thinking about like 35 years down the road or, or longer, depending on how long I'll be working. Um, also like what am I going to do when I'm retired? Cause like I have to do something like, I'm not just going to sit home. Well, when do teachers normally retire? What age? It's younger than most other professions, right? Well, it, it once was dude. Like there, there were times like, I mean like 20, 30 years ago where you, if you got a job at like, you know, early twenties, you could retire by like 55 and get like yeah, 85% of your pension. That doesn't really happen anymore at all. Now, depending on how I prepare myself financially, I might be able to retire like at 65, but I, so, so- I, Set it for like 70 is what I'm looking for. How, how many years do you have to work to get your full pension? I'll never get my full pension. <laughs> it doesn't happen. Cranking what do you it? mean it doesn't happen? So the, the, the way our system works, like they're, I'm never going to get like the full amount of like part of you my pension You won't get your full is, salary, right? Will I get my full salary? Is that what you mean by full pension? Your full salary or no? Well, full pension would mean that they're good, that you know the that the state is going to match like I don't know, a, a, you know more than half of what I've saved. Where that's just not the case anymore. Like the way the pension system works now, people just aren't able. They're just not able to match what what they used to match. So when I say I won't get my full pension, it's just not going to be as grand as it once was for a teacher. Just things have changed over time. So I want to be able to put myself in a financial position where I can like pursue like a passion, but I'm having trouble figuring out what that passion is. So like, that's one of my, especially anxieties. at 70. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, pl- I ideally plan on being healthy and stuff but like for Ty, for example, he, he golfs like you're going to be golfing for fucking ever. In that, my that's day, the big <laughs> that's, tech yeah. censorship was a problem. <laughs> we'll be podcasting. We're doing ready right. player one podcasts. Right. So like, I don't know what that's going to be yet. And I'm sure I'll figure something out, but like retirement, like financial retirement, and also like what I'm going to do to occupy my time. So that's one of my fears. That's that's your, you legitimately get scared thinking about what you're going to do after you retire. I get nerd. Well, more so the financial part, but that just, the one I'm going to do. That's not the problem. That's not the one I have a problem with. No, it's, it's not a problem. It's just the financial part is a little bit of a problem. It's more anxiety. It's not like I'm not like deathly afraid of it, but it's, it gives me anxiety at times. And my intangible About what fear, you're going to do after you retire? No, the financial part is what gives me anxiety. The what I'm going to do part, I just happened to come up with just now. As I a fear? Literally, as like a, a, a smaller fear. Not a, a fear, point. but like something, yeah, a sub point Don't or whatever out, of... <laughs> 
something I have to figure out. I can't just sit on my ass and do nothing and just waste Andy, away. You are the king of being good at sitting on your ass doing nothing, <laughs> which is great. I perfected it. It's an art form, but I can't do that forever. I need to do something. I'm going to lose my fucking mind. When we're 70, we're going to be able to put on our ready player one haptic suits and goggles and transport into fucking Game of Thrones, and you're going to be riding a dragon. Well, if that's the case, then problem solved. I don't have to worry <laughs> about anything. So my other, like my, I guess a more intangible fear would be uncertainty. You guys know I, I have my, I have my system of way I do things, regardless of whether they're the right way of going about things or not. And curveballs sometimes can give me a little anxiety. So as I get older and responsibilities mount up, mount up, and things like that change, it, it just it is something that like worries me. Like something could come around the corner one day and I'm not, I'm not prepared for that challenge. Give the listeners a couple of examples. So they have some context about what you mean. Um, all right. So it could be related to, you know, affording a house. I know that was like, I was talking about that with success. You yeah. Know, but you were talking these... about how you've done it in the past about how we, we know what you're talking about. So what do you say when you mean that about how you get about my routines? Yeah, and about how you get flustered when things change. Well, I, I'm just, I'm very... You have good examples based. of those? I'll have to think. I guess I don't really have a great example off the top of my head. But I like doing things a certain way. And I do go with the flow. But there's certain things like in my, you know, in my personal life that I'm worried if I can like maintain my my routines. Like I love being a teacher part of, because there's a routine involved. It's mm -hmm. like, it's, it's a checklist I can go through throughout the day <laughs> and, it's, and, it, and it gives me solace. You should have worked on a manufacturing floor, dude. You would have had the time of your life. I mean, do you guys not like routines? Like, is that like a weird thing to like is, is a routine? I, I mean, I, I think I our brains like... are just wired different. I, I very much get frustrated with routine routines and repetitivity. <laughs> What's the word? <laughs> Repetition. <laughs> Repetition. Repetition. What did you just say? Rep <laughs> Repetitivity. Re repetitivity. And the, the new word of the day. Like another um, example, Adam, would be like your TV shows. Like you like to watch the same shows over and over again. Like routine. I began, I began away from that. I began away from that. I've oh, quick, quick, quick note, if I will, if I may, because I'm going to forget. Show recommendation. HBO Max murders at white house farm all right i never heard of it it's a true I story I, I think i saw an advertisement for that it's true good. story it's great it's mini series six six parts watch okay it. i like mini series okay go on yeah so just in general change like you know when kids come along like i'm obviously gonna have to change things up to accommodate them like how is how i'm, I'm sure pissed. i'll step up to the plate but Dude, like I, I'm not if I'm not able to do the same things that I enjoy like what doing, like what would bother you if you if you can't do it anymore? Like I can't just like fucking chill. I, I literally just, like, had the same exact thought today as I was like, finishing I, my workout, yeah. scrambling. I was like, dude, I never have enough time. And I was like, Mo, what the fuck are you gonna do when you have a right? Thing? I'm complaining about it's just me and I don't have enough time to work yeah. out, make dinner, shower, and record a podcast all night. Like if I don't have, if I, if you feel you don't have enough time now, <laughs> yeah. then what the fuck's going to happen down the road? But I have no time at all. Yeah. So just something, it's, it's not like a deathly fear. It's just something that popped up into my head. Jared. 
All right. So mine's um, mine's pretty deep. So it's all right. Big... Eight eight parts. Ready? First no, four it's, go it's, together. It's, it's, it's chapter one, one, verse one. It's one part. <laughs> it's one part, but it's deep. Um, so my biggest fear would be loneliness. So I'd say like thinking of again to the point of like I definitely do feel like I have a pretty awesome life and I think my life's only going to continue to get better like I'm, once again talking about how awesome his life is for the listeners. I'm very excited I am incredibly cool as Jared, the kids you would have, say how would you rate your life Jared like on a scale of one to ten pretty fucking high <laughs> oh baby <laughs> but but like my point is like I'm very excited about the prospects of my future and like the life like I think my I you're excited about you yeah, I'm excited about me. You're and your biggest fan. And I obviously want a romantic partner and a wife to share that with one day. And I'm like the only one in our group of friends who's not at this point engaged or married. No, Tom. And Tom. I forgot about Tom. Yeah, don't forget about um, Tommy. So like still a bachelor, going to be 30 in July. Obviously, I want that to change sooner rather than later. And I just want to make sure like this awesome life that I am creating for myself, I have not just a romantic partner and wife to share it with, but I want to continue to have those like really valuable friendships um, and, and have like you guys continue to be part of my life. So I'd say that that would be my biggest fear. Hmm. So do you, do you think even if you didn't find, like, I'm just hypothetically, let's say like 10 years go by, you still haven't like found like the one, would you still feel like if we all had are the same relationships that we expect to have down the road, and same with your family and, and other friends, would you still feel like that's like a lonely existence? Fuck yeah, dude. If I'm just living by myself at Fuck 40, yeah. that's going to be incredibly lonely. Right, but you just said that you want to have to keep the relationships. I mean, and you've had a fucking awesome life, as you said. Like, if you don't happen to find that right person right dude, away. it's a subtle way of him telling you, I'm fucking tired of it. I, I need I'm sure. a I, deeper I, I connection it. than this. Yeah, I, th- I think I that's, move on that's a you. good way to put it. You guys, I love you, but you're like when we go out to eat and eat nachos just a tease. And, yeah. and drink IPAs and you feel like shit the next day and shit your brains out, I need a nice, healthy, sustainable diet of love in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I'll clip that and I'll put it out there. I mean, who's not going <laughs> to take that? Put that as my hinge little like, <laughs> yeah. you can do profile videos. <laughs> Uh, I mean, dude, I don't know what was wrong with me because I was very much like uh, straightforward, like I don't know. And this was your rudimentary. Idea. Yeah, like I when you asked like what was my biggest fear, I instantly said like either Erica or one of my family members dying. Yeah, that crossed well, my it, mind too. That's certainly a fear. Yeah, I, I I thought because it was introspective thought, I I just thought we had to go deeper. I mean, obviously losing a loved one. No, I I love. I yeah, that's what I mean. I love that. I, this is what I was worried about is everyone was going to be like, yeah, fucking obviously. But you guys, you guys went a little level deeper. I just went fucking, I guess, surface level. Fear. The fir- first thing, first thing that comes to my head, I'm like someone dying. Oh, yep. That's definitely Fuck. my biggest fear. You, you've always had weird anxiety. Like we, we get anxious about very different things. Like you'll yeah. always have anxiety about health and like you getting sick or somebody else getting sick. Um, Luckily, so maybe I that's... don't anymore, but. That's was, good. It was a huge, yeah, problem for a while. Yeah. So, so maybe that's part of the reason why that's the first thing that came to your head. Yeah. Whenever I'm anxious, it's totally social anxiety and like thinking about like that type of shit. It's interesting. Yeah, like I, 
I have like a deep fear for like something happening, like and losing my job. You know what I mean? Like, God forbid, like Schneider, something ever happened to Schneider or I was I'd be off. thrilled if I lost my job one day. I'd be the first person to buy a camper van and just go live in the fucking place. Yeah. See, like I wouldn't be able to accept that <laughs> as reality. So I wouldn't like, do it forever, but like, I'd be like, all right, a little break. Yeah. But like the whole process of like finding a job and like hoping it's as good as your last one. And yeah. I get it. That's I'm a very joking. Yeah. But again, yeah. a very, a very like surface level topic. So I'm glad you guys went deeper. I like it. Uh, all right. So, so that was introspective moments. I like it. I like it. Um, so I'm, I'm going to finish this out with something that I've had in my belt for a while and totally forgot about. But one of my favorite follows uh on twitter actually this is the second video i want to play um or no this this is on instagram uh this is you guys will know who this is god damn it come on guess what hockey's back your boy's back what the people have been waiting for. What you've all been missing for the past several months. Um, ready to give you some rip-roaring rock reviews. And, uh, you know, some more analysis on the old puck. He hasn't done any of that, actually. I have not seen him at all. No? Yeah, you're right. He did that one video and hasn't done one since. He hasn't done anything. And I, I, I'm still trying because he did it for us live when he was on the show. Yeah. And told us about, you know, I, you guys knew, I didn't know, told us about how he does it on Instagram. And so you guys yeah. had said, like, we saw this on Instagram and I was like, holy shit, he actually does it on Instagram. Like, it's incredible. With as much energy as he does on the podcast. Give me a message on what you think about um, <laughs> the advertisements on the players' helmets. I'm not a big fan. Sorry, Dylan. We love you. The NHL could do some better things to gain some revenue. Like we're kind of selling out here. I mean, what is this? Like, this fucking Russian Super League? This season for the Lightning is just going to be a continuation of <laughs> this year's playoffs. I mean, Hedman, Palat, power play goal. I mean... Perfect. Get it up to Hedman. Have him blast it. Hey, watch here. Goes up to Hedman here. Rip the shot. Plot in front screens. Puts it right in the net. It's so beautiful. And Plot is going to have a killer season. I'm calling it. That's what you do. All right, watch the athleticism of Plot. He kicked it to himself. I didn't see this at first, so watch this top view here. See him kick the puck on a stick right there, back of the net. That is just beautiful. Oh, all right, well, needless to say, I hope we get uh, more updates as the hockey season rolls on. Let's go. Sign us off. I love you guys.